Hello, and uh, thanks for tuning in today. Uh, this will be uh, my first uh, movie-focused uh, podcast, um, or cinema-focused podcast, um, and this will be uh, interesting. You know, it's just me getting some time to talk to myself a little bit um, and, you know, have everybody in the house not think I'm so crazy because other people might actually listen to it. Um, so way for me to kind of ramble to myself, uh, get some thoughts out there, and um, appreciate anyone who uh, would like to listen. So today, we'll go ahead and get into it. It's um, talking about how Harry Potter um, could not exist without Lord of the Rings. And I know this is going to be something that you know Harry Potter fans might feel controversial about or, or whatever it is. Um, but just to set the record straight, I love both of these franchises. I absolutely love Harry Potter. I absolutely love Lord of the Rings. Um, I think they're both amazing, and it's it's something that I appreciate both uh, both works. I think I think they're both amazing. Um, so, getting into it here, um, we'll start off with how you know I just I believe that um, Lord of the Rings really inspired a lot from Harry Potter. Um, if you look at the works, there's so many things that coincide with each other. Um, you know, you just starting out, you look at the um, plant life you know, and the living plant life. So you have, obviously, in Lord of the Rings, you have the Ents who are up, roaming around, walking, um, talking um, beings. But in Harry Potter, you have a lot of similarities, and in different ways, obviously, um, you know, whomping willows uh, in on the campus grounds. You have um, other living assets um, that are more so like the Ents, you know, like the different plants who cry and the plants that you know move around and have life to themselves um so those are things that um i think are are inspired from there um when you look at the ints in lord of the rings a lot of the plant life um has a lot of similar aspects to you know living beings you know that um the ints have so that's something that i think uh had an impact there uh, you look at some of the other, you know, characters and creatures, you know, you look at trolls, um, trolls in both depictions are fairly dim-witted beings. Um, you know, obviously trolls are going to have a certain type of design. It's what they, it's what they are. Um, so yes, of course, their design is somewhat similar. Each have different aspects to them and a different look to them than the other. Um, but you know, the concept of having trolls is something that's similar in both works. Um, the other similar aspect is large spiders being a villain. Um, and so that's something that both of the, um, both of the franchises used is large spiders and large spiders took a a very um, heavy impact on both series um, when it came down to it so that's something that I think um, was similar as well that could have been inspired uh, from the Lord of the Rings series um, into Harry Potter Um, the other aspects could be you know looking at even some names that are the same you have Wormtongue and Wormtail you know, and both of them were influencers um, and servants of the main villain. Uh, you know, Wormtongue was working with Saruman um, and his uh, manipulator and, and everything like that. Uh, so kind of working from the inside of, of Rohan. And then you've got Wormtail, similar aspect. You know, he is, he is a rat at this point. Um, working on the inside through the Weasleys. Um, 
So that aspect there is something that's very similar to that you can think about really correlating there just the the worm at the beginning of the name uh, is something that is it's rare you don't really see that in in names of characters if there's someone else named that in any other series or movie someone let me know because I have not heard it so it's interesting that that correlates um, and you know it may be some maybe some tributes that she wanted to show um, you know maybe some tributes that JK Rowling wanted to show in Harry Potter uh, to Lord of the Rings. I mean, obviously, great works are going to have things that are similar, and, you know, it's it's all the best to highlight those things of, hey, I was inspired by this, and, and there's nothing wrong with that, um, but just trying to highlight some of these things and um, how a lot of the content, I think, from Harry Potter wouldn't exist without the inspiration of Lord of the Rings, and so it's it's a great thing that Lord of the Rings was able to, you know, I believe, influence a lot of these things. If you look at the two swords that take a big um, a big impact on the movies, you've got, obviously, uh, the Sword of Gryffindor from Harry Potter, um, and then you have the um, Andrew Sword um, in Lord of the Rings and the Sword of Gondor, uh, essentially. So you, you take both of those swords, they are both something that is... Um, not necessarily granted to a user, but it, it, you know it's their here right to have it. Um, you know, so the sword of Gryffindor only appears for a worthy Gryffindor. Um, the sword of Gondor belongs to the rightful heir of the throne of Gondor. Um, and some of the designs and things uh, a little bit similar, how they have different like inscriptions, things like that written on them. Um, so that that's something that's similar as well. You also look at the idea of houses. Because they talk about the house of Elrond, the house of the house of Rohan, the house of whatever it is, the humans, the men, um, including women. That's just what they call humans. They call them men. Um, in Middle Earth, they have houses, and that's what they call their different factions uh, that they come from. So because of that, that easily could have sparked the idea of different houses within. Hogwarts and made the competition between them. You look at the tapestries, you look at it, it it's very medievalish looking how they have house crests. That's something that Rohan had with the horseman on it. Gondor had it with the white tree. So that easily could have been something that was taken um, from the inspiration of Lord of the Rings as well. And I, I think that was great. I think it was awesome to see that. I love all of them. I think it would be really cool to see a, a Hogwarts with a Rohan and a, a Gondor house. Um, you know, just some kind of little spoof show or something like that. Uh, I think it would be really funny uh, to see. And then you have iconic pranksters that are taking place. You know, you've got the Weasley brothers and you've got Merry and Pippin, you know, kind of mischievous, uh, comedic uh, types of uh, pairs that are a part of these uh, franchises. And so that's something similar as well. The Arkenstone and the Sorcerer's Stone, uh, that's something that I I thought, well, that, that makes some sense there because in The Hobbit, you have the, you know, the Arkenstone that is presented. Um, it's a sacred type of jewel, this gem, and then you have the Sorcerer's Stone, which is a sacred, like, not necessarily sacred, but it's a powerful stone gem that is the basis of the first um, book movie of Harry Potter. Um, so, so that's similar as well that these stones and gems and things possess different, um, abilities. The Order of the Phoenix, um, and the Fellowship. If you look at it, you have two factions that are there to 
protect the main uh, protagonist. And so the Order of the Phoenix, made up of you know great group of wizards, uh, to be able to protect um, Harry and fight against Voldemort, and then the Fellowship of the Ring, same sense they are there to protect Frodo and fight against Sauron. So. That's something that I think um, really correlates well when you look at those two um, governing bodies, I guess, uh, for lack of a better term. Um, transfigures and skin changers. You know, you look at, you look at the two um, aspects of those. So, you know, McGonagall and some of the other um, beings, Wormtail and, and things like that, they can transfigure into different creatures. That's something that they can do on command when they, when they choose to. Same thing with the skin changer Balin. So when Bayon um, turns to a bear, it's, it's very similar. When you really look at it, it's, it's a similar aspect to what you see in the Transfigures. And I think that um, J.K. Rowling took that aspect and wanted to make it broader and a part of more characters. And I, I love what she did with it. I love the way that she's made the Transfigures so natural into Harry Potter and that you know there's multiple people that are doing this. And it's just really, really interesting to see how she did that. So I love what she did with it. Um, the orbs used to communicate, you know, so um, Sirius and uh, and the Dark Lord. So Sirius, you know, first started to reach out to Harry through one of the um, seeing orbs in um, the, uh, I think it was Mystic's Room, or I, I don't know what that class was, the crazy crazy woman with glasses that, you know, look like she had bug eyes. Um, so I can't think of her name right now. And I'm sure I'll remember as soon as I'm done with this. But so, so that professor, um, you know, was teaching that class. Harry saw in the orb, he saw, um, Sirius trying to reach out to him. Um, and then in Lord of the Rings, you obviously have the orbs as well, um, that are, you know, in communication with the Dark Lord that you can see through. Um, and again, for whatever reason, I am mind blanking on the name of the orbs from Lord of the Rings, but I'm sure I'll remember it as soon as I'm done with this. Um, then you're looking at some of the other antagonists. You know, you've got the Dementors, and then you've got the the Nazgul. So you know, the Ring Race essentially. So the Dementors and the and the Nazgul Ring Race are very very similar. And if you look at it, she basically just took the idea of hey, instead of them having to fly on these big winged things. Let's just make a fly anyway. So there we go. So now they're flying creatures. Um, they're sucking lives out of people. So obviously there's different things that are a part of them and what they do. They don't fight with swords or whatever. But hey, it's a very similar concept, similar design, um, similar idea, I guess, that, that they would be based on. Um, you know, so that's something that I see. The, you know, the dark-robed and hooded servants of the Dark Lord, essentially that's what they are. They are dark-robed, hooded servants of the Dark Lord in both uh, genres, both franchises. You know, Dumbledore and Gandalf, they share very similar aspects to each other. They're both wizards. They both have a similar look of their age, uh, a certain way about them, and, you know, essentially they are the ones who started everything, you know? They spend time, like, they both sacrifice themselves in each of the films. Obviously, one came back in real life, one came back in spirit form, but they both died, came back in some way, shape, or form, and, and when they died, it was a sacrificing standpoint. They spent time between 
the stories and between the uh, movies researching the Dark Lord, researching the enemy and trying to figure out how to stop them and to beat them. They also sent off young, small characters, essentially to their doom. <laughs> they, they, they sent young, small, defenseless like civilians essentially off on this big journey, essentially to their doom. Yeah, they, they were going to die. I mean, they, they knew it. And Gandalf mentions it in the movies. He talks about how I've sent him to his death. And they talk about it in Harry Potter where Snape's like, you know, you've been raising him like a pig for slaughter for Harry. So both of them had a very, very similar aspect when it came to that. Um, so both of those characters go hand in hand. I mean, they're they're very similar in so many aspects. And then you look at necklaces affecting a wearer's personality. So you've got the Horcrux locket um, in Harry Potter. And that affected Ron. It made him leave the, the group or whatever because of the effects that it had on him from a negative standpoint. Very similar to the ring and what it did to Frodo. It was corrupting. It, it was creating negative feelings and emotions and anger. And, and, and it was very similar to see uh, those, those two different pieces of jewelry affect the wearer in a different way. Those pieces of jewelry also drove a wedge between the three characters traveling together. So you've got Harry, Ron, and Hermione, and the locket tears them apart. Uh, and then you have the ring that Gollum and uh, or Smeagol, whatever you want to call him, I'm going to call him Gollum because I, I just think Smeagol is just a weird name. Um, Gollum, Frodo, and Sam were separated because of the ring. You know, they, they broke up because of the ring. So, uh, you know, they all they, they got back together at one point. Obviously, Gollum was cast out because he was a bad guy. So that was a different aspect and, and really cool aspect that she brought to her trio um, throughout the adventure. Then you have the main antagonist. They're both called the Dark Lords. <laughs> They're both called the Dark Lords. Literally, they have the exact same name. Now, of course, they each have an individual name, but when you talk about the entity name that they have, the the you know demonic name that they have that everyone knows them by, it's the Dark Lord, and that's what people call them. The surname they have is Dark Lord, and so it's the exact same thing. So that easy to think that you know that came and was inspired from Lord of the Rings. Um, besides the name, their life was tied to an object. Their, their life force was tied to an object in some way, shape, or form. And we'll get into that here in a second. But seeking the power of a special weapon was also both of, the, both of their desires. They both needed to seek a special weapon to take out their enemy or rise to power. You know, as far as the Elder Wand and the Ring of Power. So, both of those aspects are the same as well. Then, the final thing... And this is something I haven't really seen anywhere before. I mean, it may be posted somewhere, maybe something online, but I thought about this when I watched Harry Potter and then I watched Lord of the Rings directly after that because, yeah, I'm a nerd like that. I, I go through movies like crazy. The Horcrux aspect and the whole idea of a Horcrux, I really believe, came from the Ring of Power because the Ring of Power was something that Sauron created. So he created this and attached his life force, his power to it. 
when it was cut off from his hand, he essentially, his physical being, faded, faded. And um, yeah, he just became a spiritual form, essentially. Voldemort and the idea of his Horcrux is the exact same thing, except all she did was multiply it by, you know, six or seven <laughs> Horcruxes. So those, that, that right there, the whole idea of a Horcrux, I really, really just, it, it's so parallel how a Horcrux and the Ring of Power really go together and work together. Um, you know, they, they both provide different effects on the wearer and or user and or person who's obtaining it as we saw from the locket we see that Voldemort is able to live on through the different horcruxes same way Sauron was able to live through um, in spirit form through the ring of power still being around and as soon as the ring of power was destroyed he was destroyed as soon as all the horcruxes were gone Voldemort essentially became nothing. Now, I haven't read the books. I have not read the books. I'm not a reader. I don't read anything that's thicker than a Bernstein Bears book because I just I just don't have the attention span to it. I'm going to just watch the movie. So if there's some reasoning in the book from Harry Potter that explains the death of Voldemort in a better way, then please let me know. However, from the movies, it's not fully clear as to what killed Voldemort. It's not fully clear. And so from leaving it open the way the movies have, it leads me to think, again, in conjunction with how the Horcrux and the Ring of Power work so similarly, that once Nagini was destroyed, the, like, the last Horcrux there, that that destroyed Voldemort essentially that essentially made him fade away and exact same situation in the Lord of the Rings when the ring was destroyed Sauron was destroyed because his his essence his power his being was attached to that and I think the same exact thing of Voldemort I, I believe and I think that's the best way to explain it to make it make sense is that all the Horcruxes were destroyed, and then he couldn't exist anymore because he had already died. He had, he had already died from the initial attack on Harry. He was able to survive through the power of the Horcruxes because his soul was split into those. So his being, his essence, his power was alive through them. So once you take all them away, what does he have? He doesn't have anything because his first original physical being was destroyed. From the initial battle with Harry. So take that into aspect. That makes 100% sense. And it also correlates directly with what the ring does uh, for Sauron. So that's that's my take on it. That's what I think. Um, it's it's something that I, I love both works. I think they're both amazing. You know, if there's some other similarities and things that you guys see, you know, reach out. Let me know. Um, what you see there, but I, I love it, and Tolkien was a world maker. He built worlds in his work, um, and J.K. Rowling in a similar aspect, but not on the grand scale of what Tolkien did. You know, it, I, I think there's content there that she could develop and, and make it an entire world, but 
she essentially took the same concepts from Lord of the Rings. She took the idea of creating that world and a lot of the same, um, you know, figures and ideas and things like that and brought it into her work as well. And, and I just, I, I love both. I think they're amazing. I think it's a great um, tribute to Lord of the Rings to be able to look at the similarities from Harry Potter and how Harry Potter would not be half of the work that it is if it wasn't for the inspiration from Lord of the Rings. It just says so much about what Lord of the Rings as a franchise is and what a piece of art it is when it was created and as it's been developed over the years. I'm super excited for the new series coming out on Amazon. I uh, can't wait to see that. And uh, can't wait to see at some point, um, you know, Fantastic Beast movie that it just feels like it's never going to come around at this point. Um, so hope you all enjoyed this. Um, I hope you can see some of the similarities. Um, I think it's a great tribute work. Again, it's not bashing anyone. It's not saying bad about anyone, but just trying to highlight some of these similarities just to give you guys some things to think about out there. So appreciate it. You guys have a great day.